Welcome to season two of the podcast. I am so excited that you're here. You guys, I had a baby. (laughs) So Troy and I welcomed our daughter, Sophia, to the world at the beginning of September. So she's four weeks old, I think. Yep, that's right. Four weeks old at the time this episode will air. And gosh, it's just been an amazing journey. For those who don't know, Troy and I, we tried for years to get pregnant and just had no luck. We did IVF several times, IUI, miscarriage. We had basically given up. Um, So she's just a total miracle. I mean, all babies are miracles, but we're just, just so happy and so grateful. So I took the month of September off from the podcast. And you know, when you take a break from something and you step away, you often gain some perspective. And I listened to a lot of podcasts over this past month and I realized something. Guys, I, maybe you do this too. I think many of you might relate to this. I fast forward through a lot of the, that intro spiel with every podcast. It's almost like another commercial break, you know, that I have to fast forward through. Does anyone else fast forward through the commercials of podcasts? And I thought like, well, heck, I don't have ads on my podcast for the simple reason that I don't like them when I'm listening to other podcasts. I just fast forward through them. So why am I creating content that is fluff, right? Just because other podcasters have an intro and a snazzy, you know, music setup doesn't mean that I need to. And I may not win any awards for production, but meh, it's all good. Sometimes pretty and polished is overrated. So, um, and I respect your time. You are busy. You don't want to flush 15 seconds of your precious time listening to the same blah, blah intro spiel. So that's change number one you'll notice about this next season is that for this season, maybe I'll go back to it later, but for this season, there's no more intro. We're just going to dive right in. Second thing you'll notice is I won't be having guests this season. I did, I did a poll on my Instagram stories asking what type of episodes people liked the best. And the answer was overwhelmingly that they liked the solo episodes best. So I've outlined a killer season of topics for this podcast that I can't wait to share with you. I will be diving into the top questions I hear from clients, covering the biggest game changer mindset tips and strategy shifts that you will want to make to take your income and your momentum growth to the next level. Um, gosh, there was the third. Oh, I almost forgot the third thing. So instead of doing the music and the spiel at the beginning, I will be sharing one fun fact with you at the start of every episode. I don't know if you listen to Pat Flynn's uh, podcast, but he does this. And I just think it's a fun way to connect with people. So without further ado, let's kick off the season with the first fun fact. And we'll start with a good one. I mean, this is kind of, well, I should be embarrassed by this, but meh, it's all good. Um, So the fact is, I have only been in one car accident in my entire life. I should knock on wood right now. I was was actually four, maybe five years old at the time. And my mom left me alone in the car to go talk with our neighbor. And I remember seeing her at the front porch. They were chit-chatting. And I sat in the back seat and I had seen my mom drive, right? We all watch our parents drive the car. And I remember thinking to myself, I can do that. (laughs) So I, I climbed into the front seat and we were at the top of this kind of a steep hill in the neighborhood, which was unfortunate considering the only thing I could really do at that age was I knew how to release the emergency brake. 
Um, but that was enough. <laughs> the car started to roll down the hill and I, I, it's kind of a clear memory to me. I remember my mom was wearing heels and she started running after the car as I rolled down the hill. But my journey wasn't a long one, thank goodness, because I ran into a large tree at the bottom of the hill in someone's front yard. So anyway, that's my, that's my first fact. I haven't been in a car accident since. So, I mean, that's got to count for some, something, right? So, okay, let's now dive into today's show. Today, we are covering five things that you want to stop doing in your online business, ASAP. And these are five things that I see all the time. And quite frankly, just full transparency here and honesty, I've struggled with each of these things myself at various points in the 10 plus years that I've been in the online business space. So my guess is that you are going to relate to several of these. And my hope is that you needed to hear me talk about one of these in particular today. Like, I'd like to imagine you were meant to listen to this episode right now because you really needed to hear the message around at least one of these things. So let's begin with number one. Number one is stop making excuses in your business. And I know several of you listening probably rolled your eyes just now because the whole message of no excuses is it's something that's talked about ad nauseum in the online business space. I get it. But I actually want to take things a little bit further and say that it's more than just not making excuses in order to be successful, not just in your business, but frankly in life, but you need to take extreme ownership of your success, your failures, every little bloody thing in your business. Um, There's a book out there I highly recommend. It's called Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willenick and Leif Babin. And this whole concept that they talk about in this book is that extreme ownership, it's the practice of owning everything in your world to an extreme degree. So it means that you are responsible for not just the tasks that you directly control, but also for everything that is outside of your direct control. So, you know, I like examples. Um, So here's one that just happened to me actually (laughs) is 48 hours after I gave birth to Sophia, my Instagram account was shut down, like completely deleted. I had over 11,000 followers, just poof, boom, gone. Sayonara disappeared. And I had to own it. There wasn't Anything I could have done to prevent it, foresee it, change it, it was just gone. And it's kind of like the weather, right? You can either complain about it or move somewhere else where the weather is more to your liking. I I always think of the weather, people that complain about the weather, it just gets to me. I grew up in Portland, Oregon, where it, it rains a lot. Like in the Pacific Northwest, it rains. And when people complained about the rain... I, I just remember being in high school, like wanting to ask, did someone make you live here? Is someone forcing you to stay here? <laughs> just, just go if you don't like it or, you know, suck it up, buttercup. So what I did was I, I, my Instagram account was gone. So I decided I have to own it and take responsibility. So I made another Instagram account. I informed my email list. I spent hours researching and submitting paperwork to, to Meta to Zuckerberg and company to work on getting my account reinstated. But bottom line, I allowed myself to be annoyed, frustrated, and disappointed about it for about an hour or two. 
And then I moved the heck on and took ownership and action. Okay. Taking extreme ownership comes down to one thing. Do you view your business and life through an internal locus of control or an external locus of control? Okay. This is just psychology talk right now, but this, this is actually a game changer. So here's how to know your answer. You operate with an internal locus of control. If you believe that you make things happen, you believe that you are responsible for your own success. So someone with an internal locus of control would say things like, ah, I was late to work because I didn't allow enough time for traffic. Someone with an external locus of control. These are people that believe that external forces like luck or fate are responsible for their outcomes. You probably know a few of these people, right? They believe there just isn't much they can do about their future. It's just the hand they've been dealt and things happen to them. So in the traffic example I just gave, they would say, like, I was late for work because the traffic was bad, right? They're blaming the traffic. So we all know these people, right? This is something, by the way, that if you have children, you can help them develop. So the other week, Cooper had a flag football game and they lost, right? And he was talking about afterwards how the referee made several bad calls and that's why they lost the game. And my poor child has me for the mom and I helped him reframe it. Like a game isn't won or lost by one bad call. You lost the game because you didn't play well enough to win. And that's okay. But ultimately like it's up to you each of us to take ownership when we win or when we lose. Okay. (laughs) I'm sure he's going to, well, he'll thank me for it when he's an adult, right? He's going to be completely internal locus of control focused. But anyway, my guess is that you're listening to this podcast because you want to build an insanely successful online business. So starting today, make a choice to take that extreme ownership in all aspects of your business. It's never the algorithm's fault. It's it's not Mark Zuckerberg's fault. It's not that you don't have 15 hours a day to work on your business. It's not money, time, or anything else, right? It's the beautiful, capable woman that looks back at you in the mirror that is responsible for everything. And when you think about it, that's actually a really freaking beautiful, freeing realization that you own every little aspect to the the good, the bad, and everything in between. All right, number two is, stop doing this. Stop discounting yourself and charging less than what you are worthy of charging. Oh my gosh, women do this all the time. They'll say things like, I'll only charge $50 an hour. That, That seems reasonable. Or my favorite is, she doesn't have the money right now, so... I just know she really needs my help. So I'll just do this one session for free. Okay. It's, it's interesting because my male clients don't do this, but so many of my insanely brilliant female clients fall into this trap. And the bottom line is when you don't value your time, your expertise, and your energy, you're telling everyone else around you that they don't need to either. So stop discounting yourself, charge what you're worth. Okay. So, and also I should say here, you don't want to be a bargain brand, right? When you discount your time and your energy, you're kind of framing yourself as the bargain brand. And I should say that this, 
maybe you, you want to be, but I think that if you're listening to this podcast, you probably want to build what I call a Nordstrom brand, right? But if you want to be the dollar store brand, then go for it. But in the service industry, like in the service business, in the online space, you will never win if you're positioning yourself on price. Like bargaining with the price, it's a lose-lose all the way around, all right? So if this is an area of struggle for you, then that is a huge sign that you have some money mindset stuff that you need to address. And you want to do that ASAP because that will always hold you back. Okay, number three is, (laughs) this is a big one, stop being a people pleaser. I see this a ton, again, mostly with women, but people pleasing looks like uh, trying to be everyone's friend, right? Accommodating them, coming from a, a soft position and I should say, you guys, I struggled with this big time several years ago, but please listen to me right now. When I say that you must show up from a position of certainty, you want to emotionally detach yourself from the responses of all the other people and just realize that some people are going to resonate with your message and be drawn to you and other people will not. And that's actually a good thing. And I heard this once and it's always stuck with me, but think about this. Being a people pleaser is actually a self-centered position because you're making it about you. And sales is not about you. What you do as a coach or a consultant is not about you. What I do as a coach, it's not about me. It's my only focus is on helping my client dominate their next level goal. That's it. It's about them. And you may not like everything I say, but it's my job to sometimes say the thing or ask the question that they ultimately have been avoiding. And that's doing the work. And that's all that matters. Um, my clients will love me when they double their income, right? But it's not about liking me. So we need to really stop trying to be a friend or pe- like please people um, and show up with absolute certainty and belief in what you do. All right, number four Stop watering down your voice by trying to do what you see everyone else doing. When you do this, you're basically suffocating your intuition. And this is a huge reason why I don't, I no longer scroll on social media because this can quickly turn into shiny object syndrome and comparison. When you start seeing what, you know, Susie, Sally, Jesse, Raphael, and Jessica are doing and you think, oh, I really need to, you know, revamp my Pinterest strategy, or I need to be, um, (laughs) I need to put together a challenge like, like Jessica does, or I need to have new colors like Susie. It's just so much that we can grab onto and it pulls us off course. It's, it's kind of like, um, you ever notice that all the bachelor girls like that are on the bachelor or bachelorette after they're on the show, they all start to kind of look like one another. Like they all have the same plastic surgery or fillers and get their hair done the same way. And I remember back in in my um, style blog days with my first online business, there was a time there where everyone started dressing like one another. Like all the style bloggers were were wearing the same J crew bubble necklace and cuffed jeans. Like everyone looked the same. So It makes me think of, there's a great quote by Joss Whedon. He says, whatever makes you weird is probably your greatest asset. 
And you water down your assets when you take inspiration from other people a step too far and you try to embody them versus simply learning from them, right? That I should say, I'm not, I'm not saying that you want to be weird, right? But you are unique. You have a story, a set of gifts and a voice that literally no one else has. And we're so quick to discount our own ideas as crappy because maybe you don't see other people doing what you're thinking about doing. But instead of thinking that's a bad thing, maybe maybe it's time to flip that biatch and lean into your intuition and go big with it. So simply put, like see what everyone else is doing and be bold enough to go your own way. All right. And the last one, number five is, it's a good one. Stop stopping. Stop stopping. Way too many people allow the start to stop them. They'll be inspired for a week or even a few months and go balls to the wall only to then hit the inevitable rough patch. Like it's going to come no matter what, but they hit that rough patch and they quit, right? We see this in business. You see this in uh, weight loss journeys, you name it. And instead of looking in the mirror and telling yourself, oh, this is awesome. I've hit my first hurdle, which means I'm about to level up. Booyah, right? Instead, they look in the mirror and they tell you tell yourself like, I suck at this and it's hard and I don't want to suck anymore, so I'm going to quit. Or what most people do is they don't even realize they're quitting. They just stop showing up. One day turns into three, that turns into seven. And then before you know it, it's been a month. And that's just another form of quitting, really. So we need to stop stopping. If you're right now in the beginning stages of your business and you're just trying to figure out what you want to do and what you want to create, then make it your job. Like commit to doing the research, make it your mission to cast a wide net and see what resonates with you. Ask questions and get fired up about exploring options. Like basically get obsessed with it so that it will carry you through the frustration. Or right now, if you already have an online business, then ask yourself some questions. Ask yourself, where am I currently giving away my power? Where am I playing small? Where have I allowed excuses to take the wheel? Because if you aren't getting the results you want, which maybe is like new, new clients, income growing, feeling progress and momentum and happiness, then there's a block somewhere. And instead of hitting the rough patches and stopping, do these little checkups every month or so and imagine yourself breaking through these hard times. And it's funny when I have clients tell me that they're struggling with something, I immediately tell them, congratulations, <laughs> this is exciting. It means you're about to level up. So let's talk about how to dominate this problem. And I usually at first when I say congratulations, they're like, did you hear me, Marion? I said, I'm struggling with this, but it's because I can help walk them through the rough patch because I know it's necessary. It's like growing pains when you're a kid. It's necessary in order to grow. Well, same thing happens in your online business. These are necessary little moments, little seasons that we have to go through in order to reach that next level. So yeah, I'm going to tell you, congratulations. This is a good thing. You're about to level up. And one thing you also want to keep in mind is everything is figure outable, right? So stop stopping. 
All right. Those are your five. So to recap, number one, stop making excuses and take extreme ownership. Number two is stop making yourself a bargain brand and discounting your time and your energy. Number three is stop being a people pleaser and instead show up with absolute certainty and belief in what you do. Number four, stop watering down your voice by trying to to do um, what you see other people doing. And number five, stop stopping. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you more than you know. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you tapped the five-star button. Um, And heck, if you left a short little review, it really does make a difference and it means a lot to me. So, all right. Thanks so much. And I will see you next time.